irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. This is Max and Friends. I'm your host, Max Tucci. Welcome back to another Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday of Max and Friends, wherever you're tuning in from. I'm grateful you're here. If you're first time tuning in, where have you been? We've been here going to be 13 years this May. I'm glad you're choosing to spend some time here with us and Max and Friends. My guest coming up in just a bit. You all remember him from last week, Dino Sutter. Well, we're going to talk tonight about being gay and loving God. Is that a duality? Is that a myth? Is that a fact? Is that a truth? Is it your truth? What is it? Is it all just made up? We're going to talk about it here tonight on Max and Friends. But before we get into that, how are you? Like, genuinely, how are you? DM me, at Max Tucci on Instagram, Twitter, and let me know how you're doing. You know, it's it's like last year is over, but we're like already in the middle of March. And it's like, you know, there's still remnants of a lot of insecurities and fears. And, you know, the Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a sound mind. So I hope you're choosing to use your sound mind. And if you don't know what a sound mind is, then maybe tonight we'll be able to uh, help you create the space for a sound mind. We're going to play some music later on by one of my besties, Sharon Gatow. And of course, my other bestie, Ashru, as y'all remember him from Menudo. So tweet me, DM me, Instagram me, at Maxucci. Keep in the flow. And listen, during the show, message us. Like, we want to know what you're feeling, what you're thinking, what you're experiencing, what you're loving, and maybe what you're not loving. And there's no judgment. It's all just a place and a space where we can come together and have a conscious conversation. You know, the shit that we don't want to talk about around the dinner table. Like, being God. Being God. (laughs) God is inside me and everyone else. That was from the movie The Color Purple. But being gay and loving God. You know, um, do you sit at your dinner table? And maybe you're still in your closet. You know, last week we had an amazing show and we played the Ash Beckham coming out of the closet. Hard equals hard conversation. If you haven't had the conversation, you're sitting at your dining room table, maybe tonight thinking, shit, I got to tell somebody, when do I do it? Well, a hard conversation is something from my experience that you need to invite someone to and to just spring it on is maybe not the best uh thing to do. Invite someone gently and graciously into your space of who you truly are to your authenticity. My guest tonight, Dino Sutter, you remember him from last week? Well, he has had a journey for sure. Like literally a journey from being a youth pastor to being an ex-youth pastor, from being straight to being gay, from being healthy to being broken. But he did find peace in pieces. So welcome back, Dino Stutter, to Max and Friends. Stutter. Stutter. <laughs> As I stutter. <laughs> Is it not Diano this time? I know. You know, it's like, I'm really good at just speaking. But when I have to start reading, I just go into another dimension of, man, what the fuck do I have to read here? And all of a sudden, my past of like dyslexia comes up and it's like stutter, stutter, Dino, Diano. But here we are, you know. Come as you are is what the Bible says, right? (laughs) And call me whatever you want to call me. But, you know, there's a wonderful saying that I learned a long time ago at Kashi Ashram, which was teach all ways because all ways are of the divine. So how does that resonate with you? That 
statement of teaching always because always are of the divine? Um, my personal opinion? Yeah. Um, teach always because always are of the divine. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think that's, I, I mean, obviously that's deep. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that when we move through life, everything that we draw to ourselves, mm-hmm. um, every person that's in our lives, we drew. Every uh, experience we have, we drew. And we drew so that we can learn because mm-hmm. this life is all about learning lessons. And so every single um, component, whether it's a person, uh, whether it's a religion, whether it's um, uh, an experience, it's there for a reason. So you can either ignore and put your head underneath the covers and hope it'll go away or they will go away or the situation will go away or you can um, open yourself up to learn from it. So Mm. I agree. So what have you learned? Because you have been, like we said, and as you know, last week we got to know a little bit about you. Um, Mm. I know about you for quite some time now, but those who are tuning in the first time and saying, who is he? What's he about? How do you go from being, you know, X, Y, and Z to A, B, and C? So tell us a little bit about the genesis of Dino Sutter. Uh, so I think it all links back to uh, my ethos. Um, I think I was put on this planet to uh, to make an impact in people's lives. Mm-hmm. We say social impact is not just a thing you do. It's a thing you are. And so I uh, run a um, basically a social impact project in Guatemala where we're trying to change the lives of women and raise them out of poverty and their children and then make impacts uh, through that in their communities. But it's funny because um, I that and coaching, which are the, the the two brands, the two companies that I do right now, are really a, a culmination of who I am, mm-hmm. which is all about, I, I just want to help people become the best version of themselves. And I knew it early on. I knew it in my teens. I knew it in my 20s when I became a youth pastor. The reason why I left the corporate world after getting a master's is because I really cared about making an impact. I just didn't know how. And youth ministry was a real easy way to get into it. And I absolutely loved it. And that's where I thrived um, to getting a little lost. And especially with my sexuality, the conflict that I felt at the time existed, which I do not any longer feel uh, exists in my life. And then also with me and God, uh, mm-hmm. Maybe being the church still a little bit. We'll get into that, I'm sure, today. Yeah, of course. Uh, but as far as God, I, I feel like there is no conflict. There's only alignment. Mm-hmm. Um, but going through that, so then searching to be good enough by doing enough stuff, doing startups and um, raising money, creating things that will, you know, if this takes off, if I'm worth this much, then all of a sudden I'm going to be good enough to live my truth. And the reality is my, uh, I was always good enough. I just didn't know it. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that's beautiful. You know, and we're all good enough. That's the reality. But patterns and pathologies have told us that we're not. Family members have told us that we're not. Loved ones have told us that we're not. Bullies have told us that we're not. And also scriptures have told us that we're not. And we can talk about that too. But, you know, I always drink from this, my morning mug that says, let go and let God. And I was asked a question a long time ago. What does that mean to you? Let go and let God. And what I said was, let go and let me, like, let be just me. Um, you know, because I always say I am of the I am. And that's the simplicity of that. And when people challenged my faith and my um, spirituality, um, it's fun to say I am of the I am because, you know, it chips them up thinking that we all are of the I am. And here we are together just experiencing this really beautiful existence if we want it to be. And basically, we're walking each other home. So I want to talk tonight about being gay and loving God. And let's dissect that term. 
A, what does being gay mean? And two, what does loving God being gay mean? So obviously we know what being gay means is. Uh, but for those of you tuning in who maybe are gay and don't feel like you can be gay, there's two different things. So I think being gay has more of a meaning than just to be gay. Being gay means that's who you are and that's how you were born and that's cool and it's all good. And my question to you, Dino, is, is being gay cool with God? Uh, that's a fantastic question and one that I struggled with for decades. And uh, I am here to tell you right now, after all the research and all the time and effort that I put in uh, from my background of being a youth pastor, obviously studying scripture, at one point I knew thousands of mm-hmm. scriptures memorized uh, so that I would be fully equipped. I can tell you 100% that you can love God and you can be gay. And it's it's interesting because when I was growing up, I was taught in the church that you choose God or you choose gay. Mm. Well, since I never chose to be gay, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I could choose to love God. Mm-hmm. And so there was that innate conflict that was constantly being pushed on you by the church. And the reality is God's never said that. God never said you had to choose. And number one, God doesn't. Uh, God creates perfection. So mm. when he created me and he created me gay, and, and again, let me just say this. I do think there's a sliding scale. Uh, I think with women, it's a little bit easier on that sliding scale than with men because men are very visual and women are all emotional. But I, I do have a couple of friends who are bisexual, uh, who are choosing. Uh, they've been with men and they've been with women. One of them is actually married to a woman and he considers himself non-binary and doesn't care. And mm-hmm. I love that. I love it. There's mm-hmm. freedom in that to be exactly who you are, know who you are and be 100% comfortable in that. Um, but in general, I would say usually, uh, like my old adage was, uh, by now, gay later. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I went through through that process as well. But as far as God's concerned, God cares about your heart, not about your sexuality. He doesn't mm-hmm. care what's between your legs. He just cares about what's your intention, what's your heart, and mm-hmm. uh, and and what he asks us to do. And he's mm-hmm. very clear in Matthew when they come to him, they say, what are the two most important commandments? love God mm-hmm. and love others as you love yourself. Mm-hmm. That's it. Everything is predicated on that, on those two things. Very simple. Yeah. Love God and, and love, love yourself others. as yourself. But let me ask you this question for those who can't love themselves. How is it possible then to love others? Right. Well, I, I think that's the biggest struggle that a lot of people are going to have. I think you, I don't think you can authentically love others because it's always going to have uh, the shades of shame, guilt, fear, Mm -hmm. anger, resentment, all these things are going to be layered on your attempt to love others. So first you have to go inward Mm -hmm. and you have to reconcile your faith and your sexuality in a very authentic way. How did you do that? How did you reconcile your faith and your sexuality? Because I love that that that's become like a real cornerstone for your speaking too. And it's something I know you're passionate about. So it's a beautiful, you know, it's a beautiful thread of weaving together harmony in your life. So how did you do it? How did you reconcile your faith and your sexuality? Yeah, so I think, uh, well, first of all, I, I, I spent the first 30 years of my uh, life fighting mm. and fighting against my sexuality and trying to find the solution, thinking that sexuality was my issue. When in reality, on the other side of it, I can look back and see it was in my self-worth. It never had to do. God gave me and imbued me with everything I ever needed to function in this world as a fully uh, complete man who could love authentically. 
it was me that fought it the entire time and kept searching for that self-worth. So wait, uh, why did you fight it? Why did you, because there's people who are listening who are saying, you know what, I'm fighting it for X, Y, and and Z reasons. What were your reasons that you fought it? That's a valid question. So I fought it because I wanted to be accepted and I thought acceptance in Mm -hmm. the world was more and more important than accepting myself. Wow. Were you taught that? uh, Of course. Of course. Uh, Growing up, I I think we talked about a little bit last week, but like Mm -hmm. there was comments that my dad would make. Mm -hmm. There was comments that happened in my school. There was comments that happened at my church. Uh, And a lot of times these comments are these little sly moments Mm -hmm. where they're just like offhand comments, but to the person who's gay, Mm -hmm. to the person who's struggling, it feels like daggers to the heart. Mm-hmm. And again, reconfirms because we all have confirmation bias, right? We want to believe something. And so we look for confirmation. We find that in politics. We find that in church. We find that in um, our work, whatever it is, we're always looking for confirmation bias. So we have to be really aware of that. Back then, I was looking for reasons to confirm that I was an abomination, that I would never be accepted, wow. that I wouldn't be good enough. And I was getting confirmation step by step with step with these little offhanded comments. And by the way, mm-hmm. some of them were not offhand, but some of them were very specific, not towards me, mm-hmm. towards others. But it felt like it was speaking. Of to course, me. of course. You know, I remember that. I remember going through school. I went to a school in New Canaan, Connecticut. I'll shout it out, St. Luke's School. Thanks for never ever noticing me. Um, but yet wanting my money. That's the best part. You know, when they don't notice you for being artistic, but if you play football, they, you know, hang up your jersey and hang you up all over the school. But if you're gay, they're like, Meh. and meanwhile, I'm winning awards for them. But I was walking through school one day and some kid started with me and he was like, you know, faggot this and faggot that. And for me, it didn't shake me because I was like, dude, like I'm front row at every fashion week in New York. You know, it's like, I know who I am. You can't shake me. How me. did it shake you? Because this is a good thing for you to yeah. also find because there's people out there we're being shaken all the time. Like I was shaken. Yeah. Anybody called me gay in high school. And, and there's one specific person who was on my swim team. Mm-hmm. I was a swimmer. We worked out together every day at 5 a.m. And I ignored him for a year and a half mm-hmm. because he had made the offhanded comment to somebody else that I was gay. And of mm-hmm. course, you know, that doesn't show him gay at all. Uh, and so my, I rejected him mm-hmm. in that thing because I was so mad uh, until my senior year when I finally said, why am I doing this right all i'm doing is confirming what he had said and by the way he didn't even know why i was mad at him but it shook me to the core so how did you find the strength and the courage Mm -hmm. and and don't just say like you oh no i know exactly how but how did you do it i know exactly how well let backing up to that guy who's his boyfriend now the one that was on your swim team no i'm kidding (laughs) that would be funny to find out you know what yeah and maybe closeted. But, you know, I think a lot of times when people struggle at or or confront you at bullying you, it's because that's something that they have an issue with themselves. But as right. far as me, you know, I grew up in a very open family. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother was in design, in fashion. She had a lot of gay friends. So we were always around gay people. My father with the restaurant, you know, we were always around gay people. And even with Delmonico's, you know, it was the first restaurant that had um, the first transgender woman uh, dine there under my grandfather's run. And, you know, so... Even my grandfather was, you know, like uh, cast aside, like, how could you allow that to happen? But the reality is growing up, I think when you're in an environment where it's not where it's okay to be who you are, um, makes it a lot easier. Uh, The struggle, though, was how do I tell them and then do I need to tell them because it's already known, you know, so 
growing up in school, though, the difference was I it was clear. I always wore black. I wore Versace. I always wore sunglasses. I was like Karl Lagerfeld. And teachers would be like, you know, this is uh, you have to wear khaki pants. And they're like, why are you wearing black? And my response was, I'm wearing black because I'm mourning all of you that have to work here and that are so robotic to the system. I was doing this as a 13-year-old kid. You know, my father died when I was eight. And I was my mother very much gave me the reins to live my own life. I had the freedom to be disliked and the courage to be disliked from a child. So if someone didn't like me, I was cool with it. And that's why I wasn't shaken by it. Because I had a mother and a foundation. You know, I remember when my sister used to call me faggot. That hurt more than when strangers would. Because she knew that that was a button she could push. Because she would get an, you know, a response out of me. But in school, it was like, okay, whatever. They all want to be friends with me. They all want to call me. Mean. It was like mean girls kind of a thing. But I remember like the validation of I really didn't care anymore. Was one of my best friends. We're still friends to today, Rocco. And someone said like, oh, you know, Max is gay. And he's like, yo, I wouldn't fuck with Max. His family's the mafia. Which they're not. But it was his way of saying, like, dude, just be cool with him because he's cool. And Mafia is so masculine where it's like, you know, like he took it from and he didn't even know, I think, in the process of, of teenagers, what he really said. And literally, I was like, you know what? That's that's my real friend, you know. And um, so for me, I, that moment in school when it would happen, teachers were the ones that really, I think, were the worst. Um, the students, you know, this was a very... Um, it was a daycare almost for, for teenagers. It was a very small school on a hilltop in New Canaan, Connecticut. You know, most of the fathers were probably closeted. When you see the movie Ice Party, it was all about New Canaan and how they were swingers or key party. rather. They would throw the keys in the bowl, you know, and um, so it was like that. Those were the parents. I knew a lot of fathers that were sleeping with other fathers, you know, not until I was older. But that was just like the thing. It was Connecticut. You know, they wear their bold colors and their plaid pants. And I'm sure I'm going to get shit for it. And it's OK. DM me at Max Tucci because just to Max and friends here. My guest tonight is Dino Sutter. We're talking about being gay and loving God and our experience. It's all about our experiences. But yeah, so to answer your question, that was it. You know, it was like it was cool. And I dated guys and girls. It was never I never labeled myself because I felt if I label myself, then I have to be that. And when I was growing up, it was like I'd rather learn and experience who I am than say who I am. And it gave me a lot of flexibility and openness to really understand who I am. I, I think, uh, well, first of all, you should thank God that you had your mom uh, and that you had a family that established and built you up. Because as we know, there's a lot of families that are still under the old tutelage that it's sin mm -hmm. and that it's an abomination. And a lot of families who want to rescue and save their child, not realizing the damage that they're doing to it. Mm -hmm. That was my biggest fear was if my family or my friends knew that my entire infrastructure, social uh, infrastructure would collapse. Would collapse. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, like we talked about last week, what did I do then? Then I dove full into a world because I'd already started the pattern mm -hmm. of being around a world that did not approve of me. I then uh, jumped into, with my old programming, into a world that, again, would not approve of me. So I had to keep pretending, and that was ministry. And the kids, wow. let me just say this, the kids wow. that I dealt with were phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And the pastors that I dealt with were phenomenal, but it was very clear what they believed about sexuality, not so much with the kids, but with the other pastors. And so it was also not a free space to have an honest conversation, because in the church, we always talk about accountability, 
right? Mm-hmm. We want to give that opportunity. I did it also in college. I was in Brothers Under Christ, which is a phenomenal fraternity, very idealistic, uh, but I loved it. I have incredible friends who are still all part of it, um, who are now head of the alumni, all these things. That, they're phenomenal. But we couldn't have accountability back then that was authentic where I could mm. say, hey, I'm struggling because I find this guy hot uh, or I'm, I'm struggling with impure thoughts. Instead, what would happen was I would just have to say, I'm having impure thoughts. And then we never got to the heart of it. I never had those authentic conversations where people could understand where I was coming from. And mm. also, they all praised and thought I was this pillar for purity because mm-hmm. I wasn't having sex. I never had had sex. I, I had just determined that I wouldn't kiss until I got engaged. Wouldn't have sex until I got Ooh, married. Oh, you had some fucked up rules for your life, didn't you? The reason why, because I have, I, let me ask this question before I forget it, because it's like something that I really have to ask you. During all of this, what was your relationship with God? So to be, to be honest, I 100% loved my relationship with God, Mm. even though it was somewhat in conflict, um, the more I learned, and the whole reason why I wanted to learn was I was searching, not just, I wasn't searching for confirmation, because I never really touched on the subject of homosexuality. I wanted to touch on the subject of love. So I was always Mm. searching new ways to be loved by God, and for me to love God authentically, and help others love God and love themselves. Mm. So inadvertently, um, church in a lot of ways, and we talked about this last week as well, saved me. Mm. Because uh, church kept me from immorality in the sense of having sex with other people without protection during the time when AIDS was an mm-hmm. epidemic. And I could have easily gone down that path. It also uh, gave me moral structure where I wasn't doing drugs. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't drinking alcohol. I wasn't mm-hmm. doing any of these things that could allow me to make decisions that weren't best for me. Mm-hmm. So in my legalistic state, where um, and legalism, all that really is, when you see churches doing it, it's because man wants to be in control. Yeah, of the course. Whole reason the whole reason why uh, Satan fell and then uh, the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve was because man wanted to be in full control. He wanted to have the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be in full control. So my legalism was my way of controlling my world in such a way that I could define the borders and I could live within a box that that I was okay with. Mm-hmm. So not kissing, not having mm-hmm. sex, not drinking, not doing drugs. I could wow. control all of that. Yeah. And um, it wasn't until really youth ministry I started to realize the cracks uh, mm-hmm. in that box. And then obviously when I got out to LA and-, and Wow, well, uh, <laughs> the devil's just, den. <laughs> yeah, then I was like, okay, well, no, well, I didn't, I still didn't drink till I was 35. You know, we had, we had this conversation um, after the show last week where we were on the phone for like almost two hours, just like, like we had, we have so many wonderful ideas, but you know, we have shared the same experience because drinking for me, you know, I have what they call an Asian liver. So I can't drink. I get all red. My throat closes. So I was like always safe from that. Cause I was like, if I, I know me when I drink and I, I mean, I'm fun when it is, but when I drink, I'm like, Oh, the charts. fun. <laughs> and I know that back then it would have been crazy. So not drinking saved me from a lot. Yep. Drugs were never an issue. I, we never did drugs. I didn't smoke weed until I was like 20 something. And, you know, one of my best friends, Jackie, who last week we spoke about, you know, she did pass. So thank you all for for sending in notes. And I love you all for that. But she was always like, oh, Max, just have some weed. You'll chill out. I'm like, no, nah, I don't want it. Like, I'm not. I got to drive. There's always an excuse for why I couldn't do drugs. And I was like, "Nah." And then meanwhile, when I met weed, I was like, where have you been my whole life? <laughs> but, um, you know, so, yeah, it was interesting that we had kind of that same experience. And I think that 
with that experience, we can sit here and comfortably say, yeah, I'm gay and I love God. And for a lot of people where drugs and alcohol become really a substance to disguise that pain just creates even more turmoil. And I promise you all who are listening tonight, if you're going through it, you're not alone. There are so many resources for you. We will we'll post them. Do you have one that you know off the top of your head? I know of PFLAG, but do you know of any in, that you... Oh, yeah, you mean for... for yeah, uh, for people who are suffering that just need to talk. Yeah, I think Trevor Project is Trevor really Project, good. yeah, Basically, of course. If you're a teen, I, I think it's a wonderful... Uh, they, yeah. They've got a teen suicide hotline, but you can just talk about anything. Um, you, you know, there's so many great resources out there uh, for this. So, yeah, but I, I always point people towards Trevor because I've uh, absolutely for it. You know what? Nice. I'm going to give you all Trevor Project. You can go to the trevorproject.org. Um, if you need to talk to them, their number is 1-866-488-7386. Thank you for sending me that number. Again, the number for Trevor Project is 866-488-7386-247. Trained counselors are there to support you to go through whatever you need to go through. Um, you know, and if you DM Dino or I, maybe we can direct you to them too. But um, here's what I want to do. I want to play a song because music is super healing. When we come back from the song, we still have so much more to talk about, about you know, being gay and loving God. And if it's something where you want to like jump me in the streets for, because I said it like once when I did a show like this and y'all in North Carolina, were going to come and get me like practice love. That's what your religion teaches you. And just be in a space where you can have the conversation, have the conversation. But when we're going to come back, we're going to talk to Dino about coming out a little bit more. I want to also touch up some more about your relationship with God from then to now, and then how the church reacted to you being gay. But right mm-hmm. now, we're going to play a song from one of my best friends in the whole world. I actually used to date her, Sharon Gatow. So she was all from the real world, London. Y'all remember that show? But this song called Lead Me to the Water is really beautiful because for me, water is healing, music is healing, and it's a space where you can just put your headphones on. And for those of you who are commenting, I, I love you. I'm not hiding behind my mic, I promise. It's just, I, this is how my mic is set up. But I love headphones because it gives me the space where I can tune the rest of the world out. And music brings me to that place where sometimes I could literally see the face of God. And this is one of those songs. So lead me to the water. When we're back, Dino Sutter's here, and we're going to talk more about being gay and loving God. I'm your host, Max Succi for Max and Friends. But right now, Sharon Gatow, lead me to the water.
This is Max and Friends. I'm your host, Max Tucci. That was the song Leave Me to the Water by Sharon Gattel. You know, what I love about that song is there's a conflict in my soul. And if there's a conflict in your soul tonight, we want to know about it. We want to know what is the conflict? What is keeping you from loving God and being who you are? You know, there's a great, um, a great verse in Jeremiah 16 that says, if you return to me, I will restore you so you can continue to serve me. If you speak words that are worthy, you will be my spokesman. You are to influence them do not let them influence you. You know, and I think that's the conversation tonight we're having with my guest, Dino Sutter. We're having this conversation where we can be spokespeople for God because it's out of love and peace. So welcome back to the show, Dino. <laughs> I got also passionate heated right there. You know, I know when I have good shows, because I, I call it a spiritual workout where my spirit just starts to sweat. And this is one of those shows because I know what's happening is that people who are tuning in are finding freedom for the first time for themselves. So speaking of freedom, let's go into your coming out story. And for those who are struggling, give them some tips on how they can come out. Yeah, so uh, first of all, part of my fear with coming out was that I had to be like all the other gays that were represented on television. So that was like boy George. Uh, so I thought I had to wear pink boas and makeup and all this other stuff. Karma so chameleon. Was, yeah, exactly. I mean, amazing artist, George yeah. Michael, amazing artist. Uh, but my fear was that I had to be like somebody else mm. in order to get. And so my encouragement to, to you is you don't have to be like anybody else. You just have to be authentically you. Figure mm. out what your traits, what your qualities, what you care about. And the way you act is 100% okay, whether it's feminine, whether it's masculine, whether it's anywhere in between, it does not matter. Gay is not defined by the way you act. Gay is defined by the, the way you act from waist down. <laughs> And uh, or waste up, (laughs) yeah, or yeah. What's so funny is so many people used to always tell me when I was at the gay bars, I'm gonna take away your, you know, we're gonna take away your gay card. I'm like, what does that even mean? I'm like, you know, my god, you can have it, I don't want that gay card, I want my gay card. Um, so just know that whoever you are, however you are, 
Don't let anybody uh, tell you you have to be different. Mm-hmm. And your coming out process is yours. You do it on your own time, in your own way, under your own control. So I'll describe a little bit about my coming out process. I first recognized that this might be something that's not going away, that the healers can't heal, that the people praying tongues and pouring oil over my body aren't going to fix, that maybe this isn't something that God wants to change. And so when I started to reconcile that, I gave myself two years from 30 to 32 to experiment with guys. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is uh, physically experiment. So kissed my first guy, uh, touched my first guy just to figure out if it's different, was it something that the devil had weaved into my head and really it didn't make a difference and girls and guys were the exact same to me. I realized during those two years that no, there's something, something a little bit different. And I also controlled the entire process. So it was like every couple months I would kind of go on this, not really a date, kind of a hookup uh, with somebody, but these poor people would go through like three months before they could meet me. Because I was super <laughs> the process, the process. <laughs> it was. It was a. It was a process. In fact, what's really funny is a friend of mine who's an actor. Um, I met him in person for the first time, and I thought, "Gosh, this guy's really good looking." He's like, "Yeah, we've met before." And this was early on when I started to date people. So two years of experimenting, three years of uh, dating and figuring it out. And at the end of three years, I said, "I'm going to either declare myself gay or straight. I'm going to figure it out or bye." And so during that three years, so five years total. During that three years, it also was an opportunity for me to tell people at church one-on-one and then also ask them not to share it with anyone else. I'm telling you the same way I want to tell other people. Everybody has a filter on what gay means. I don't want them to put me under their filter. I want them to have the conversation with me so they know who I am in this moment for the people I cared about, people I don't care about, I don't care about. And in the church, there's a tendency for gossip. So it was my way of controlling uh, it, in a healthy way. So that's why I say it's your process. You get to do it your own way. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is during that process, somebody, you know, this guy I met who was an actor and good looking, he was like, yeah, we've met before. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, we met on that website. And I was like, well, why didn't we ever meet? He's like, because you were too complicated. And I was like, tell me more. And he was like, <laughs> well, first you would only chat on there. And then you gave me your, I forget if it was Yahoo or AOL. And then we would only try on there. And then you were like, okay, I'm going to give me your number. I'm going to call you from a blocked number. And then you wanted to meet in private or not in private at a general Starbucks, like 20 miles away. Like he was like, I just couldn't do it anymore. So wow. I just gave up. But yeah, you know, a like, lot of people are, you know, still doing that. You know, I mean, now with like Grinder and Scruff and all these other apps, it's so much easier to like, but still, even on those apps, I remember when I was on them years ago, it was like, um, like the, not the picture, not even. Not even. It was like the sunset. <laughs> it was like the sunset. Helping <laughs> was torso, and then I would literally say in my bio, "Listen, I'm experimenting. I'm checking this thing out. Mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, uh, but I'm not looking for a relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm only looking for experiences. I want you to be X, Y, and Z, like super specific. Right, right. Um, and if you meet all these things and you contact me, send. Make sure you have a face pic. I'll send my face pic. Wow. Like, Yeah. No, it was fear. Layers of fear. Layers of fear. But, you know, speaking of relationship, you know, we've got to talk about being gay and loving God and the relationship with the church. When you finally did come out, how did that relationship shift? And what church were you in without giving the name? But, you know, the what were what were you practicing at that time when you came out? I'm going to say the name because I have no problem with it. And I didn't have a bad experience. 
So uh, I was at Bel Air Press, which is a, a, a large church in mm-hmm. uh, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. The um, it's the one that Britney would go to. Miley would super be liberal. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Ronald Reagan. That was yeah, his yeah. home church. So it's an amazing church. We had a pastor who was a little bit more on the conservative side, but he brought it every week, and I appreciated that. I was part of a large Bible study uh, called the Boundary at the time, and that's where my base of friends came from. Uh, but the more I was involved with that and with uh, great pastors, there's a there was a pastor there at the time named Todd Sandell who's out in Atlanta. I love that dude. I love his wife. He has beautiful kids. He's amazing. Um, and during that process, also, we, we had a youth pastor that came on that wanted needed some help. And so reached out to me to help out in the youth ministry because I had a really successful youth ministry uh, in Texas. So I started helping him out. Well, at a certain point, I, when I started opening myself up to dating guys, I was like, oh, I, I don't know if I can be part of that. And at the same time, also the men's ministry was like, hey, you know everyone. You're connecting with all this. We In the men's ministry, all we have is you know, divorced 40-year-old men or married 40-year-old men, but we don't have the younger population. We feel like you could be that bridge. So I started helping out. I started emceeing like the retreats and doing all this stuff. But at the same time, I was struggling with how do I reconcile my faith with God? Or not my faith with God, faith was my sexuality. So I kept going back. And so at a certain point, I decided, you know what, I'm going to take a break Mm. from being so involved. And when I did that, uh, it was interesting because I didn't know what was going on in the background. So I was on one of those websites and uh, it was just my torso. But from my torso, one of the guys who was in the, youth, or not in the youth ministry, but in Foundry recognized me. And uh, so he sent me a note one day out of nowhere. He worked downtown. I was living in Brentwood. He's like, hey, listen, let's grab coffee. I'll come to wherever you are, blah, blah. And I was like, what? That's weird. And I always kind of assumed he was gay anyways. Great guy, but I assumed he was gay. We weren't attracted to each other. It wasn't about that. Um, but I didn't know that at the time because... So he came out. We we went to the Starbucks. And at Starbucks, he's like, hey, yeah, I'm going to buy you Starbucks, whatever. Slides an envelope across the table. And I was like, what the F is going on here? And so I was like, if there's money in here and he's trying to have sex, like this, there's going to be a problem. So I open up the envelope and there's the picture of my profile. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I had already reconciled who I was and what I was doing. And he was like, yeah, I want you to know. And I said, um, okay, yep, that's me. And he was like, oh, you're not going to deny it? I was like, no, why would I deny it? I was like, I'm, I'm comfortable with figuring this process out. And he was like, oh, okay. He's like, well, and the <laughs> reason why he was doing it yeah. um, was uh, that he was HIV positive. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't want me to go down the same path as he had. By, because I was on a site that a little less uh, reputable, he was like, I don't, I didn't want you to put yourself in harm's way because a lot of times in the Christian church, we're so chaste that we don't actually talk about STDs. We don't talk about um, what the consequences are. We just tell you don't do it, but not why not to do it or mm-hmm. things to think about or giving you the full framework. So I want to give you the full framework, which was very generous of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had a really great conversation. And then he told me, hey, listen. And at this point, we had somebody else who was over the boundary at the time. Um, he said, hey, listen, I, I told this other person. And I said, oh, oh all right. And um, so at this point, I would also uh, was backing away from uh, youth ministry at the time. And I told the youth pastor. And the youth pastor went to meet with me. And so um, when I told him, hey, listen, this is why, you know, I've always struggled with this. I'm not sure if I'm bi or if I'm gay, but mm-hmm. I am opening myself up 
and I've made a deal with God. And listen, if you want to change it, you have free reign to change it. But since you're not, I'm going to pursue it because I'm not going to live without hope of love one day. Mm. And um, he said to me, he's like, well, to be honest with you, he's like, I didn't know if you were or not, but Mm -hmm. this particular pastor had come to me and told me. And when he came to me and said, um, X, Y, and Z, and he shouldn't be in leadership. I just said, I'm sorry, do you have any substantiated proof that he is or is not? And he's like, well, somebody came to me on good authority. Okay, but do you have proof? Have you talked to him? Have you had the conversation to ask him if any of this is true? And he was like, well, mm-hmm. no, not exactly. And he's like, so you're bringing an allegation and accusation against somebody who's very important to our youth ministry, mm-hmm. who has given so much of his heart, has only improved our program, has only mm-hmm. blessed the kids that are in it. And you're asking me to now make a decision without any information or background. He's Mm -hmm. like, no, I'm not doing that. And you need to really check yourself on this gossip that you're spreading without facts. And I was like... Well, you know, the joy is, is that, you know, with the Bible, there's always that saying, if they did it to him, they'll do it to you. You know, but... There's so many people who are discouraged. There are so many people who are sad. And there's a wonderful Psalm 42 that says, why am I discouraged? Why so sad? I will put my hope in God. When did you fully put your hope in God when you came out and you were like, this is me? You know, there's that great song, look out because here I come. This is me. Um, When did you actually like continue like, okay, I'm gay and I put my hope in God. Were those ever your words? So I had always put my hope in God and mm-hmm. I trusted him through the entire process. I never mm-hmm. felt like he had left me. Mm-hmm. I felt like I, uh, the society and the community mm-hmm. wanted me to leave him. In fact, mm-hmm. I, I think we talked about this. I led a Bible study mm-hmm. while I was in that bi phase. I would call myself, uh, I started off 70% straight and 30% mm-hmm. gay. And then it was, so we, the joke was 70, 30, and then it was 30, 70, and then it was 99, 99, and 0.0001%. When I led the Bible study, what was really interesting was in the community, people would come to me and say, you're not bi, you're gay, you need to come out fully. And I'm like, uh, I'm in process. Wow. It's my problem. They're like, it's your fault that I got beat up in high school. And fun? I would look at them wow. and I would say, I am so sorry that you went through that pain, mm-hmm. but that has nothing to do with me. Yeah. That is not that is not my baggage to carry. That's your baggage to deal with. And mm-hmm. you need to deal with that. And they'd be like, you know, you're worshiping a God that hates me. And I'm like, God has never hated you. Mm-hmm. He created you and he loves you. People have hated you mm-hmm. out of ignorance and fear, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. not out of God. God has mm-hmm. never turned his back on you. And until you reconcile with that, mm-hmm. you're going to continue. And of course, these are individuals who you just watch in the community who struggle having friends, who... Mm-hmm. A moment, a word can trigger them mm-hmm. to 110% anger and screaming, mm-hmm. you know, and you're just... You know, I want to talk about that 110% anger because we have like literally the illusion of time is upon us. We have four minutes left and we still have to play a song and we still have to wrap the show. But for those who are listening, who have that 110% rage right now, who are coming for you, who are coming for me because we're having the conversation, I'm gay and I love God. What do you say to them? Yeah, I, well, first of all, my heart goes out to you because... As much anger as you show to others and as easily as you're triggered, you're beating yourself up 10 times worse. And what you need to do is understand that God loves you no matter what, no matter what anybody says, God does love you. And I know that can be a trigger. And the thing is, you need to go back and figure out where that came from, because there's a program that's running in your mind Mm -hmm. from the past that tells you that God can't love you, that you have to choose between God and gay. Gay was never a choice. So God can't love you. It's bullshit. Mm-hmm. God has always loved you and gay uh, and God loves you as gay. He loves you. He thinks you're perfect just the way you are because mm-hmm. he created you just 
the way you are. And mm-hmm. if you would embrace what he created mm-hmm. and allow for all your gifts and your skills to be mm-hmm. shown fully and to own it 100% without fear, mm-hmm. without judgment, then you would start to really reconcile and understand um, where that anger is coming from and start to release it because nobody yeah. wants to live angry. Nobody wants to live angry. And you know, for those that aren't gay and they're saying, you know what, you two faggots, you can't love God. What do you say to them? I say, well, show me in scripture because I know my scripture <laughs> and I know my God. Let's go. Let's go. To drop the mic right there. Drop the mic. We actually have to drop the mic, but you want to say one more thing. So tell me. Most people who do that, they're so afraid because they haven't done the research on the scripture or mm-hmm. to understand what their faith really is. And so it's an it's an inch deep and a mile wide. Those mm-hmm. are the people who are usually angry about it because if you can defend your faith, you're mm-hmm. never angry about somebody challenging it. You're yeah. probably angry because you haven't done the work. So do the work. Do the work. The scripture. Do the yeah. work. Do the work. All right. There's a couple. I have to do my work right now. You're listening to Max and Friends. I'm your host, Max Succi. My guest is Dino Setter. We're having a great conversation about being gay and loving God. And if you want us to continue this conversation, then let us know and we'll find the time and place to do it again because there's still so much more we have to say. And like, let's create a forum. Let's bring more people on to have the conversation. But I do have to make a note. Um, when I spoke about the transgender woman that was the first woman to eat at Delmonico's, her name was Christine Jorgensen. She was born in the Bronx. She was an American transgender woman who was the first person to become widely known in the United States for having sex reassignment surgery. So for those who are challenging me, they're the facts. <laughs> um, and yes, my grandfather got a lot of shit for allowing Christine to eat there. But you know what? He was a he loved everyone because Delmonico's was a stage. And that's what life is. We're all just on this one big stage. And, you know, sometimes there are villains in movies and sometimes there's lovers in movies. Choose to be the lover in the movie. Like life would be such a more beautiful place and the world would be such a more beautiful place if you let your light shine so bright that it would cast away all the darkness. Dino, what do you want people to take with them into this week? I want you to know that you are designed perfect. You are loved and you are equipped with everything you need in this exact moment to be everything you want. Mm. Everything you want. That's the truth. Um, This is what I want you to take within this week with you. Uh, And then we're going to play out, Ron, if we can get the song ready, Most Beautiful Light by Asher is because I need you all to know that you are the most beautiful light. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, I can see the light in you even if you can't see the light in yourself. So take that light and run with it. Take your glory and run with it. And remember, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort and protect me all the days of my life. So if you feel like no one's in your corner, know that God is. And so are we here on Max and Friends. I love you all for tuning in. Until next time, good night and good karma. And remember to take life to the max. Hey, Dino, how can we reach you? <laughs> uh, Instagram, Facebook, Dino Sutter. Just D-E-A-N-O-S-U-T-T-E-R. And there you go. All right. I love you all for tuning in. Rona, we're going to wrap this up with the most beautiful light from Ashru is right here on Max and Friends. I'm your host, Max Tucci. Good night. Good karma and take life to the max. I love you all for tuning in. Bye. Peace, love, and gossip. <laughs> love you all. Cheers.